One more announcement, and, uh, and then we'll jump in this morning. And so this is a little bit longer announcement, but it's kind of some family news. And so, you know, if you're new here, you're like, man, is this what every Sunday's like? No, it's not. We're kind of in a, a, a different season right now. But I wanted to just kind of share some, some things that are going on within our, our Ethos Church family here. And so um, two Sundays ago, um, we shared about the possibility of our church family and the Cannery family um, potentially coming together and uh, becoming one church family. So we shared um, that our elders and some of our lead pastors were getting away for a few days um, two weeks ago to discern some next steps, what God might be inviting our church family to step into. And, and we ask you to pray, you know, and we ask you to give us some feedback. And, and, uh, and so this morning, I wanna just give us a few updates from, from our time together. And so, you know, after praying and processing lots of feedback from our staff and our churches and, and trusted advisors. Man, the elders and lead pastors are, are excited and confident that the Lord's inviting our two church families to join forces, to become a united church going forward in this next season of ministry together. And um, a little context for, for kind of this decision and, and, and how we got to this place. Um, so back in last summer, I'm not going to retell all of this, but the, the cannery family, someone bought the venue. And so, um, and they, they told us that time here was limited. And so, you know, we started praying and really in, in November, we get up on Wednesday mornings with our elders and, and our wives. And we're really just kind of praying for the cannery family, knowing, hey, that it's a big church family. We want to make sure that they have a place to, to gather and worship. And so every Wednesday morning, starting in November, we were just really interceding and asking the Lord, um, we, we, we invited, obviously, the church fan, family at Cannery. We weren't really praying about that over here at Marathon because it didn't really pertain to us. Like, you know, it was really going on with their family. So we didn't invite our church, but they were praying for it basically every Sunday. And in some way, they were um, asking the Lord about what was next. We prayed into this at prayer gathering. And I share all this, like all these d- different places of prayer, because I want you to understand that this is something that was really prayed about and really brought before the Lord, that this wasn't a, a decision that we just thought, man, this is like a convenient move or an easy move, or we should just, it was, it was something that like our leaders and then our church and then our whole church, we invited everyone, hey, will you pray into this? And, and I, I think it's important that, that we understand that we prayed about it, but it, it wasn't just this, um, this siloed prayer decision that was made, you know? And so literally a couple weeks ago, we invited our church family, hey, we want feedback. Will you speak into this? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? And, and, and we ask you to, to not only pray, but to share. And so we looked at all these pieces of what we were like hearing in, in times of prayer, what we were hearing from our church family. And we've just sensed that this is what the Lord is doing, that he's bringing the cannery, the cannery and the marathon families together for this next season of, of life. And, and I wanna just speak into a couple things. You know, the primary feedback, that we received from our marathon family and really expected this um, is, man, we don't want to lose what we have. Like the intimacy, um, it's special. Like being close, being known, and we don't want to lose that feel. And as, as, as we heard that feedback over and over again, and Andrew and I have felt that, and Jill has felt that, all of our leaders have, have felt that, um, you know, we've prayed into it and we've talked through it. And uh, just a couple of thoughts um, about that. You know, the, the first is, you know, I really believe that God has given us the closeness and the intimacy that we have for the purpose of sharing it with others, not just for keeping it for ourselves. And, and many who express the concern, man, we don't want to lose what we have 
You know, many of you who reached out, you know, it was quickly followed, not everybody, but it was quickly followed by, man, we don't want to lose what we have, but we think we have something worth sharing and we're excited to share. That's a good sign. You know, it's a good sign that we love our church and, and we don't want to lose what's special. We don't have to. And I think what the Lord is doing is going, man, he has cultivated something really beautiful here among us. And let's figure out how we share that, how we invite other people into it and not just keep it for ourselves. And so, you know, the, the first thing that, that I wanted to say is like, I don't really think that we are going to lose that as we come into this next season. The second kind of the, the piece of feedback that we got is, man, we really like the size of our church. Right? Like who doesn't like being in a, a site? Like there's something about the space that, I mean, it's, you know, when you think about a bigger church, it's like, it's hard to connect. You know, it's, it's hard to be known. I've tried being a big, part of a bigger church and it's way easier to be in a, in, in a smaller church. And as we've prayed and as we felt this, as we've talked through this, man, you know, the, the size of a church, literally the amount of people, especially when it's smaller in number, while it most certainly can play a part in facilitating being known, being intimate, the size of the group is not the main factor. You know, what the main factor that contributes to being intimate and being known is intentionality. Um, the truth is that we could be a church of 25 people. And if you just walked in and you just sat down and, 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 you, and you sang and you listened to a teaching and took communion and then you left and you never talked to people, you never opened up, you never asked questions, you never went out of your way to ask how someone else is doing, you know, what, what you, you realize is that intimacy is a byproduct of intentionality. Size isn't the main factor. The reason that you feel close to people in this room, if you do, is because someone was intentional. Um, someone in this room understood the importance of going out of their way to make you feel welcome, getting out of their comfort zone. If you, if you feel connected to this church family, it's probably because you've made the choice to be in a house church. Um, you've served on a volunteer team. You've stayed after and gone to the park with us on Sunday afternoons. That, that if you feel close, and you might not realize this, size does contribute, but the reason you feel close is because you've been intentional. And what I've loved is that as, as we've heard feedback, man, we, we like the size of our church. We don't want to lose this. But we understand that in order for us to keep carrying this into the bigger church family, it's on us. It's on the church body. It's, it's not something that, that I can carry or Andrew can carry. It's a choice that each of us has to make that as we step into this new season, we go, hey, do we want to be a part of a church where people are known? and loved, and when they're not there, they're missed. Well, that's not something that one or two, it's something that each of us has to go, you know what, I wanna be a part of a church like that. And if you wanna be a part of a church like that, you have to give to it. You know, another thing that we wanna speak into this morning, just to, coming from, from the retreat, so we really sense the Lord inviting our church families to come together. Um, another thing that I wanted just to kind of speak into this morning, we got a lot of feedback from many of you was in regards to the venue itself here at Marathon. You know, the area consensus is that we're really confident that the Lord is calling our church families to join forces. However, we are also open that this venue might not be our forever home. You know, and the reality is that it 100% might be. Marathon's a phenomenal option, and in many ways, it's ideal, but we're really just kind of keeping this before the Lord in prayer and conversation. And we really want to invite you to pray for clarity and for peace about that. 
You know, and, and all week I've just kind of been knowing like, you know, we're not gonna have an, a normal sermon this morning. Like you, you know, you, you bring some news like this, especially if you've been a part of our church and, and it's, you're in all different places, right? Like everybody in this room is feeling something different. And some of you are going, man, just get to the teaching. This is my first Sunday here. Why are you spending so much time talking about this? Some of you are, 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 are excited. Some love change and some don't at all. Andrew was telling me a couple weeks ago, you know, that whenever change occurs, there's this, this is consistent among humanity, except for when it's like a really toxic situation that you're stepping out of. Change is always viewed first as a loss. Change always feels like a loss at first. And you think about that. And, and maybe that's not true in every situation, every moment of your life, but I was trying to think about uh, a time in my life. You know, my, I have an older sister. She's three years older. And um, when I was in college, my senior year of college, she was pregnant with her second kid. And, and her oldest son, Caden, you know, he was three years old. And man, Caden and I were so close. And I would drive to Murray, Kentucky all the time for just to hang out with him, you know, like any chance I could get to skip class and to see him sign me up for that. And, and I remember she's telling me like, hey, we're, we're gonna have a, another baby. And my first thought was not excitement. You're like, what kind of a terrible person are you? <laughs> right? That's right. And, and, and there was this like, man, I really like how things are. And, and what if we're not as close? And what if he doesn't like Uncle B like Caden does? And, and there was all of this processing in me where I'm going, man, I don't want things to change. I love how things are right now. And I wanna just encourage you, if, if that's okay, if you're in that place right now where you're just like really sad, it is okay. It's like okay to be sad. And you don't have to just like pretend like it's not. You don't have to pretend like, you know, everything's I was like, it's okay. And we're going to take some time and we're really going to process what we're losing together. Because reality is we are losing something. But my hope is that we won't stop there. Because I really believe, honestly, like deep in my soul, I believe that this is what the Lord is doing. And, and I'm not just saying that, guys. Like, I actually believe that the Lord is doing this. And because I believe the Lord is doing it, I believe that there are good things on the other side of this. You know, my in-laws, they have four daughters. My wife is the oldest. And I've really watched them, and I've, and I've loved watching them age as their girls move out of the house, transition. And what I've loved is, is, is they really enjoyed time at home with their kids, but they're really enjoying this next season of life. And what has stood out to me about that is that so often I, I, I think what happens, it's like, man, we, we come into a season and we just grip it so tightly and, and, and we love everything and, and we don't want anything to change, but we all know this life changes. Everything changes in life. And when we try to grip something so tightly and we try to, to hold on to it and not let anything change, what happens is that we make an idol of this thing and we cling to it. And when we cling to it and we refuse to, 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 to move into the next thing, what happens is that, man, we, 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 we miss out. 
We miss out on the good things that are coming. And I've seen this in my family where, where something hard happens, where change happens, and, and we just resist it with all of it. I'm not talking about the, our church. I'm talking about my, my, my biological family. And you resist it so much, and you don't want change. And I just want to encourage us. Man, God has given us something amazing as a church family. And yeah, this, this season of, of church like this is coming to a close. And we're going to grieve that. We're going to process that. But guys, if the Lord is leading us, let's step into what's next together. And my genuine prayer, like I've been praying a lot of things in regards to this. The second most often quoted prayer is, Lord, let every person in our church family come with us. Man, just let every person take this step with us. And that might not be God's will, but that is definitely what I'm praying, is that we'll take a step together into this season and that we'll, we'll come into this season with our eyes wide open. You know, I, I really believe that the Lord is always leading us I believe he's always leading. He's leading us individually. He's leading us collectively. You know, Jesus is the senior pastor at our church and he's always leading us. But there are times where he's doing something big, something new, something unique. And let's not miss it in this season. I I believe he's writing a new chapter in our story here as an Ethos Church family. One that we're going to get to look back on. We're going to tell our kids about. One that, that we're going to go, man, there was this season where we didn't understand why all these things were happening. But the Lord was leading us, and I encourage us. Man, if maybe this is your first Sunday, and you're going, I don't, this, jump in with us. Like, become a part of, if you're a part of our church family, go, man, take a step with us. with our eyes wide open, looking for what the Lord's doing. There are not many seasons in life where, like this, where like, change comes to a group of people. And, and I think God's gonna give us a collective story to share and to tell and to be a part of. Let's step into that together. And the last thing I'll share this morning, um, one of the mornings on um, our Zoom prayer calls, one of our elders, we were praying, and, and he he saw a picture of a sailboat. Any of you guys sailors in this room? Anybody? Just me, I'm the only sailor that's not even a sailor. Has anybody ever sailed before? John has, there we go, okay. Several people have sailed before. You guys were holding out. Like, John made me look stupid up here. It worked. So in, in sailing, there is this, this term called tacking. And I'm not an expert in sailing, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, ideally when you're sailing, you know, you put your, you know, a sailboat, you have your sails up and you're going, you know, the wind is behind your back. And so you're going fast because you've figured out how to harness the wind to your advantage. And so you're going fast and you're going smooth and, and it's beautiful. Well, there's this term called tacking when you're trying to go a direction, but the wind is facing you. And so in tacking, what you do is you maneuver the sails so that, you know, you can't just go forward. If you're trying to go back there, you can't just go a straight line because the wind's coming. So what you do is you, you tack, you know, you, you zigzag. And one of our elders, as we were praying one of those Thursday mornings, he said, I feel like we're coming into a season that progress is going to feel a lot more like tacking than it is just a straight arrow. 
And, and he said that back in November, and that has come up several times in different elders' meetings and different contexts where we've gone, God, what are you doing here? You know, we talked about, you know, hey, two Sundays ago, our church family is potentially coming together, and, and which means we're going to get bigger. And then the reason we said we're doing that is so that we can do smaller, better. And you're like, is this guy smoking crack? Like, does he know what he's saying? How does that make sense where you come bigger to do smaller, better? And, and it's one of those moves where we just feel like from a, from a resourcing perspective, from a staff perspective, that coming together allows us to do the small much better to prioritize discipleship, to prioritize the things that go on in your home to better equip us to be resilient disciples that can stand no matter what comes our way. And it feels like a tacking move. Like why not just start where we are and break up into small groups? Why in the world would the Lord be inviting us to get bigger before we get smaller? That doesn't make any sense. And I go, I want us to really carry that into the season. Go eyes wide open. Just because a move might not seem like it's the most efficient or most effective, let's be open to the tacking journey that God's taking us on. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna just, I wanna just give us a minute. Just invite you to close your eyes. And I just wanna pray for us. Father, I love these people so much. I love that, that we are connected because of you, Jesus, and your blood that was shed. I love that we are an eternal family, that even when death comes in this side of life, you're gonna raise us, we'll be together forever. Father, I love these people, I love the people that are, are new here. Lord, I know that each of us are, are processing this differently. And there's no way that, that me or Andrew or anybody could meet every person where they are, but would you do that? And Lord, that we would bring our, our concerns, we'd bring our excitement, we'd bring, our, we'd bring those to you. And Lord, that in this season as some kind of monumental shifts are happening for our church family, God, that that big shifts would happen in our personal lives with you. And so Lord, would you be so near to us? Be, would you comfort us who are sad? Would you, would you strengthen those who, who feel weary, God? Would you bring clarity and peace to us? Lord, I pray that we would just take a step with you together. That your will would be done, oh Lord. And I pray, God, that your hand would be on us, that you would keep leading, keep speaking. Lord, that you'd help us to walk through this like brothers and sisters. And so, Lord, we love you. We're grateful for who you are and for what you're doing. God, be here with us this morning. In your name we pray, amen. You know, I wanna kind of transition for the next few minutes. And typically on a Sunday, we have a, 30, sometimes 40 minutes if I'm teaching. Um, and this morning, we're gonna, it's gonna look really, really different. And uh, my, my main hope, and we're gonna get to this in just a minute, is to just give us some space to process. 
Um, not necessarily what I just shared, but more just kind of the season that we came out of. And I'll explain that more in just a second, you know, but I'll, I, want, I want to share this, you know, this Christmas, this past Christmas, um, my dad and my stepmom, they got us just an incredible gift. And they, they got us a Blackstone griddle. And if you guys know what Blackstone griddle is, no one is participating. Come on, guys. Like, you know what? I take back everything I said about, thanks, Todd. So, you know, it's, it's this outside propane burning griddle and, 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 and it's a lot of fun. And, and, and one of the things that, that Courtney and I wanted to perfect was a smash burger. And, um, and, you know, if you don't know what a smash burger, I'm not going to ask you if you don't know what it is because you're, <laughs> you're clearly not interested in participating this morning. Yeah. So it's a hamburger and it's super thin and really crispy. So the point is you put it on the griddle and then you get this, you know, this, this metal, I don't even know what you call a smasher, this metal, <laughs> that's the technical term if you're looking for it. And, and you just press down as hard as you can. And the purpose is to get like just, this, this really thin patty. And, and so, you know, we've, we've, got this Blackstone, we're like, man, we want to figure out how to master the smash burger. And so, you know, court, court's like, hey, let's, let's do that for dinner last night. So last night, I'm out there and, and doing these burgers, and we come in, and we're sitting down to eat dinner, and she says to me, it didn't take you long to master that. And I looked at her, and I said, you're the greatest wife ever. <laughs> um, number two, <laughs> I'm not quite a master, but um, n- number three, um, Man, the, 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 very, the, the, the first few times that we tried to, to do smash burgers, they were so far from good. <laughs> like, um, but, but each time, I learned something. And, and if something wasn't right, you know, I would take note of it, and then I would make adjustments. And, and, and I'm by no means a master, but what I've realized is that if every time you'll just like, you'll learn, you'll, you'll tweak some things, you'll try something different, and you, you do get a lot better. And, and I was just thinking about, you know, the season that we just came out of as a church family that concluded last Sunday, where we took the month of February to pray and to fast and to really seek the Lord, asking God, God, would you just awaken us? Man, I'm, I feel like I'm asleep to you, God. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm caring way more about things of this world, that I'm being preoccupied with, with my job and with money and with these things. And God, I've lost sight. Would you wake me up? And so we've asked God, would you, would you wake us up? Would you wake us to, to see you? Would you wake us to hear you? And, and some of you this morning, you're like, man, I really wish that I would have been a part of this church a month ago. You know, some of you this morning, as you, as you think back on the past month, it didn't go as you'd planned. It didn't go as you'd hoped. Some of you, this, this past month, it went way better than you could have ever even imagined. And what I want to do today, no matter how things went, is, is to give us a chance to process and to go, man, how can we learn from this past season so that we can move forward? You know, we, we are all about becoming Jesus's disciples. So what were some of the things that, that we want to do differently, things that we want to learn? You know, we're trying to become master smasher. We want to be his disciples, and let's learn from this past month. We started the season, the, the very first Sunday, by, by looking at the parable of the soils, one of my favorite parables in all the Bible. It's in Mark 4, Matthew 13, Luke 8. And Jesus stands up, and he gives this teaching, and he describes four different types of soil that represent four different dispositions of the heart. 
he describes a heart that, that is hard to God. Some of you this morning, you come in and you go, man, my heart is hard to God. I'm mad at him. I'm, I'm hard. My heart is hard. Some of you come in this morning and like the second type of soil, you have a, a shallow relationship with the Lord. That you do know him, but man, you don't really know him. Some of you, 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 you come and, and you relate to the third type of soil. It's a, a, a deluded heart, a heart that, that loves God, but also loves things as much as God. And then he describes the, the last soil. It's, it's a heart that's responsive to the Lord. A heart that, that welcomes the work and the, and, and the voice of God that, that truly in this life, wants God like more than anything. Jesus describes this last soil, and this is what he says. He says, these are people who have a noble and a good heart. Listen to this. Who hear the word, who retain the word, and by persevering produce a crop. And I go, this morning, maybe you come in and you know, maybe you're new to our church and, and you go, man, I, I don't relate to the, the season of, of month, but I can relate to this, a season. And I can think about the past season of my life and I could really put my heart in one of those four buckets. And, and, and others of you who've been a part of our church family, you go, man, maybe this, this month didn't go as you'd hoped. Maybe you come in this morning and you're not where you, where you want it to be, not where you'd hoped to be. And one of the greatest gifts the Lord gives us, you know what it is? Repentance. The ability to, to do things differently. The ability to adjust. <clears throat> the Lord loves for us to learn from our mistakes. He loves when we learn from our failures, when we don't keep living in them. You know, it's been really cool. And my wife and I are uh, foster parents. We don't currently have a kid, but one of the things that we've learned is, is how when, when a kid says something to give them a redo. And we've adopted this with our own kids where, where Finley's in this, my oldest, she's in this bad face where she'll just tell her brother and sister, stop. And she says it's so mean. And I'm like, you would never say that to your friends. I'm like, you gotta learn how to talk polite. Hey, let's do a redo. Please stop. Yeah, that's it. We're trying to teach her like, hey, you you've did it this way. This is not the right way. Let's try it again. And I love the Lord when we think about God, not as just this cosmic being ready to zap us every time we mess up, but as a father going, hey, let's redo that. Who cares about us learning? Who cares about us growing? Who cares about us doing things differently? The Lord loves when we learn from our mistakes. Maybe for you, it's a, a habit or a pattern. Maybe you come in this morning and, and your heart needs a complete overhaul. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you come here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, give your life to him. You've given your life to a lot of other things. Your job, relationship, chasing success. Man, try giving your life to Jesus and see if it scratches that itch that nothing else has been able to. Man, Christ died for you. And when you understand how loved you are by Christ, that he willingly paid the price for your punishment, he took your place. 
when that really gets into your heart, when you think that there was a real man who grew up in, in Nazareth in the Middle East and, and he was nailed on a real cross and that, that cross and that death somehow pays the punishment for all of your sin and all of your rebellion, when that gets into your heart, it changes you. And you actually desire to, to, to lay down your life for him. You actually desire not to live for yourself and your own glory, but, but to, know for, to know and to live for this God who, who laid down so much for you. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I invite you to give your life to him. Not just a moment, give your life to him. Your heart and your thought and your intentions and your money and your service and your energy, give your life to knowing him. If you are a follower of Jesus, my guess is that, that in this season, whether you participated in Awaken or not, that there are some things that you stumbled in. <laughs> Some things that, you, that came up in your heart and in your mind that, that you go, man, I wish that wasn't there. And my encouragement to you, enjoy the gift of repentance. You know, what are things right now, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, what are things that you're doing that you don't wanna do? Things that you say, things that you do. And then what are the things that you want to do but you're not currently doing? I love John 15, Jesus says this. He says, if you remain in me, if my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Real quick, couple takeaways. I love, first is this, as we, as we come out of this season of intentionality as we step into to this next season for our, our church family, out of awake and out of this season of intently pursuing the heart of God. What does it look like for us to, to move forward to learn the first is that we have to remain in Jesus, to spend time with him. The same way that you, you carve out time to spend on things or people that you love, do that with Jesus, remain in him. It's so simple to know, but so hard to do. I would encourage you, don't give up the ground that you've gained in this season. If you spent time praying in the morning or praying at work or praying on the, the way home from, from, from work, man, don't, don't give that ground back. Remain in Jesus. The second thing that he says in John 15, let Jesus' words remain in you. You know, one of the strongest points of the season that we just came out of is, is the, the, the place that scripture had in our collective church family, that every day we had a passage of scripture that we were reading together, that we were praying through together. And I encourage you, let scripture be in your life, in your head. Jesus says, remain in me. Let my words remain in you. How do we do that? It happens when we open this up. Remain in Jesus and his words remain in you. I love the, second, the third piece of this. He says, ask the Lord. He says, if you remain in me and if my words remain in you, so if you're connected to Jesus, if you love Jesus, if you're giving him space to speak, if you're prioritizing his words over your desires, he says, ask the Lord for anything you want. It'll be done for you. This is Jesus saying this. The son of God, God himself, and I love the encouragement that he gives here. Don't quit praying. 
I had a list of things that I was praying into this month. And most of them, they haven't been answered yet. So you know what I'm doing? I'm quitting praying because God didn't hear me. No, but that's what we do, right? We pray about something that we want. We're, there's, there's something that we want in life and we pray and we pray and pray and, and, and we're not hearing anything. And so we're like, God, you must just be mad at me. I'm gonna quit praying about it. No, Jesus says, if there's something in your heart you want, ask and ask and ask and ask. And he doesn't say if you ask four times, you're gonna get it. Raymond's been asking for something for a long time. He's getting an opportunity this afternoon to step into it, right? Ask, keep asking, don't quit praying. We could quit and be quitters, quit on God, quit on ourselves, or we can lean into what Jesus said. Ask for anything, it'll be done for you. What? What does that even mean? Man, remain in Jesus. Ask him about that. And the last part of this, as we step out of the season, as we come into this next, as we, as we don't want to give up the ground that was gained, or maybe we want to step into to new territory. Man, we remain in Jesus. We let his words remain in us. We keep praying, and we bear much fruit. I don't know about you, man, but I, I want my life to bear so much fruit for the Lord. And when I think about the type of fruit that, that I want to, it's a, it's a fruit that, that doesn't exalt me. It's a fruit that blesses others. And I, I wanna bear fruit in your life. I wanna help you walk in peace. I wanna walk, help you walk in power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to, to, to walk in forgiveness. I want you to, to walk in unconditional love. The fruit that I'm after is not a fruit that just benefits me. It's a fruit that blesses the people I love most around me. And Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. It's simple. Your friendship with Jesus not for the sake of bearing fruit. It's friendship because you love him, because you know him, and a byproduct of that friendship is so much fruit. I've noticed in my life that, that I love to make a list and then mark things off the list. Move on to the next thing. Anybody else there with me? Yes, you've learned. <laughs> Repentance, we got it. I love to move on to the next thing. I finish one thing and I'm on to the next. What I've realized is that when I slow down and I'll process just a little, it helps me move into the thing next that I'm stepping into, retaining the things that I've learned. I love this. Jesus says about the parable of the good soil, those who hear my word, who retain it, and who persevere. So here's what I want to do this morning. Caleb, we throw up that slide. I want to just give us a few minutes we're gonna just play some background music and, and I wanna just give us a few minutes to privately, by yourself, just really wrestle with these questions. Has the Lord revealed anything to you about himself this month or this season? Number two, has the Lord revealed anything to you about himself in this season, about himself and about you? And number three, where do you sense the Lord inviting you to take a step? We might not have time to get to all these questions, but, but I don't want us to just move out of this season and 
and miss the things that God's trying to teach us. So we're actively hearing him, hearing his word so that we can retain it. And so we're going to take the next few minutes and just by yourself, you know, I encourage you to get out your phone, get out a journal. If it's better for you just to think and to pray and to close your eyes, let's do that. So we're going to take the next four or five minutes, process these questions. I'm going to call us back out of that. We'll take communion together. Okay, but let's take the next few minutes and just by ourselves wrestle with these questions. Lord, man, we just thank you that we're family. We're thankful that you have invited us around your table, that you've given us bread, which represents your body, your, your beaten body on the cross, your resurrected body that we will see one day. We're grateful for your shed blood, God, that covers all of our sins. God, thank you that, that you're a type of God that doesn't expect us to climb the ladder, but you come down to us and you cover us in your righteousness, and you give us the, the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us because we are so weak. And no, oh God, I just ask for our family that we will rise, that we will be people who truly worship you in spirit and in truth, God, that we will be people who are, like Anna said, filled with your spirit this week, that we would take, God, who you are with us into our homes and into our workplaces and all the places that, that there are people around us that don't know you, God, would you use us to awaken them up God, would you use us to, 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 to give them love and to give them hope and to give them joy? Would you flow through us this week as an extension? God, would they, would they come to know who you are through us? And so God, would you give us opportunities this week to help people take steps who don't know you closer to you? We love you, Lord. We praise you for who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.